Welcome back to the Portfolio Podcast presented by YPO. We're back and we still have Kenny Power with us. And uh, we're talking about the early days of what would become Rebel Owl. Now, take me back, Kenny. Okay. Um, so so the, the previous business that I'd built, um, we'd, we'd sold out to uh, WPP after a few years. So WPP is a big holding group in this area. They were one of four major holding groups in this space. And basically what used to happen is when you got to a certain size, you know, these guys would come in and they would offer to buy you. Um, and we looked at it and went, look, here's an opportunity for us to scale what we're doing, right? Mm. You know, with the backing of this huge organization. And um, I was very lucky at the time that, you know, we were working directly with the guy who was running um, WPP Digital. And he allowed us to be the first agency group within his organization. Um, he, went, he went out and acquired uh, a few other companies in this sort of space as well. And what we did is, you know, we initially, you know, we, we came in, we started doing our own thing. And then after a few years, we decided to join forces, you know, with these other companies that have been acquired. And we created a network called Possible, uh, which was at the time WPP's largest uh, digital agency. So, you know, if we, overnight we went from, you know, 250 people to over 1,000. And then we spent the next few years um, growing the business organically, mm. but also going out and acquiring some really cool companies around the world, right? You know, so like a, a games company in Hungary and a social media business in, wow. um, in Russia, right? Um, and we brought on these amazing capabilities, and it was al allowed us to go in and say, hey, to our clients, go, hey, we can also do these things for you. So I had, had a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, normally when you, um, your business gets acquired, you leave after about two or three years. That's right. I stayed for six, right? Because I just enjoyed, I enjoyed what? with. Can you take me back and tell me what was a digital agency back then? What was expected of a digital agency? Yeah, so it, it's, um, it's, it's a little bit complicated because there's, there's so many different parts to it. Right? Right. So, and this is what um, people don't often understand. Right? You know, when I say that we're in the digital phase, oh, you do online advertising. Right? or you build websites, mm. or you, know, you do the analytics behind that, right? or you do media. And were you right? all of the above? We were all of those, all of those things. And, um, and also, you know, sometimes looking at some of the newer technologies and approaches that were coming through as well. Right? So mm. um, it was, you know, from, from, a, from a digital point of view, it, it, you, there's so many different components that are needed to deliver. So you need designers obviously right you need people who understand the technology you need yes. people who understand things from the business point of view right so they're looking at it and saying yeah design and tech without business doesn't really make a lot of sense yes. right um you know you're seeing this with meta at the moment right where you know mark Zuckerberg has made this bet that it's all going to be about the metaverse but he hasn't got customers on board yet like the businesses yeah. are not yeah. on board yet. It's it's highly risky if he gets it right. And, you know, everybody's going to say he's a champion. <laughs> but at this point, you, you know, what we do is that we start to look at it and go, you know, today we want to we want to make impact today. So we look at it from those three sides, right? To say, you know, we need to see what's mm. what's feasible from a technology point of view, um, what's usable by by customers, and also, you know, we want to build stuff which which looks beautiful, yeah. right? You know, and works the really. The design well. aspect of the it. The design aspect of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
was there one of these three components that kind of like lead the way for the others? Is it driven by technology? Is it driven by, or no. or, or do they have to work together as a? So, so and this is what, but what, really, what what really crystallized is you know I was having a conversation with a client in in the in the US once and and he goes um, look I need your help I need you to write me a value letter right mm-hmm. I've never heard of a value letter before right so he was saying look we're spending money with you what impact are you making yes. right. And I think when we were looking at what is the most important aspect, it's what's the business impact of, of, the, yeah. of the projects that we're doing. So n- not, not about the technology, not about the design, not about the business. It's what's the change we're affecting. Okay. Right? And I think that was, that was like a... You know, Measurable was, and it, demonstrable. Absolutely, absolutely. Right? And, um, and ones that they could go in and say, number one, I can justify why I've made this spend. And number two, if it's working, give me more. Mm. Right? And we were often thinking about things from our clients' perspective and saying, you know, how do we make sure that they're successful in their jobs? And yes. a big part of that yes. is you know, making sure that they can you know, show value. Right? And yeah. I think this is, this is one of the key things that comes up again and again and again. W- with a degree of certainty that it will deliver results. Yeah, yeah. And I, and, and, you know, I think this is also why you know, Google... And folks like that have done so well. You know, when you look at their advertising business, um, you can see the impact, right? Yeah. In terms of the number of visits you get to your website, how many people are That's actually right. interacting with it, spending time with it, yeah. And ultimately, you know, how many people are leaving inquiries, right? So, um, and it's all very data driven, right? You know, they have these beautiful dashboards with yeah. lots and lots of information in there, showing you the business value, right? And I'd argue. That's why those guys have done exceptionally well. Right? Yeah. They, they did it right. They did it right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Rebel Owl, who, how did you set it up? What was the objective? Yeah, so, so Rebel Owl, um, the idea was... I like that it has rebel in it because <laughs> it means that you're out to you know, change things yeah, or and, shake and, things up. Yeah, and so, so, so the name, right? So the, the rebel part of it was exactly that. You know, what we wanted to do was to shake things up. We wanted to say, let's challenge the status quo, right? Let's yeah. let's look, let's rise up against. That's how that's business as usual. This is how we always do things. But the owl part was important as well, right? Which was, you know, being able to execute things smartly, efficiently, and gracefully. The business is about developing exceptional customer experiences. Now, when we think about customer experiences, it's you know, quite often uh, there's, a, you know, there's a journey that a customer will go through when they want to interact with your brand. What we try to do is identify where those interactions are happening and mm-hmm. how we can make them better, right? So for, a, you know, you know, as I mentioned earlier on, you know, we won the Singapore Airlines business. You know, one of the things, right. the reason I think we won that business was at the time what would happen is if you were trying to make a booking online, you would put in a date a time, destination, mm-hmm. and when you wanted to come back. And what would happen is... They all sound reasonable to me. You need uh, those data. You need that data. But what happened is there'd be a call to a database. It would take 30 seconds. They'd come back and tell you, oh, that flight's not available. Please try again. Right? So what we saw was in, in and other And repeatedly spaces, it would become frustrating. It becomes frustrating. And you had massive drop-off. Yes. So what we, did, we looked at was there was a... 
a few other companies, you know, we looked outside of the airline industry and saw that there was these startups in, um, in you know, the online travel agents. And what they were doing was to say, hey, that date that you were trying to book and that time isn't available, but here's some other options. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So Singapore Airlines was the first company in the world to adopt that. And it was just something that we looked at and went, you know, it's, it's not revolutionizing things, right? It's, a, it's adapting from some other industries. But as you can imagine, you know, the drop-off rate goes away. And the drop-off rate goes away, that means you get a lot more revenue coming because into the business. Because it's proactively helping absolutely, the user. Absolutely. So, so when we start to think about that, you know, when we think about exceptional customer experiences, some of them is just making sure that th- you know, things happen smartly, you know, that it's done in a, in a, in a smart way, it's done yeah. efficiently, it's done fast. Um, but also thinking about who the customer is, right? And what, you know, what, what their frustrations and motivations are um, and how we can try to eliminate those. Mm. Right? And the other thing was, what we looked at was to say, you know, previously we did a lot of advertising type work and things like that, but um, ultimately, you know, when somebody has a good customer experience, they will talk to their friends about it, right? They, they will go out and they will say, you know, and Harvard Business Review did this thing where they, they, they looked at, you know, they analyzed this whole space and said, when you have a good experience, you will talk to about six people. Mm. When you have a bad experience, you will talk to 14 people, <laughs> right? You so, just described me. <laughs> <laughs> this is it, right? So hence, it's so important to go in and you know focus on that customer experience and how you can just tweak little bits to make mm. it better and better because you do a you know, a two percent lift it can mean millions and millions of dollars to companies right and so what we what we do as a business is we'll go in and say listen you know the first step is really um, you know we may go and do a workshop with them right you know we'll we'll, we'll do a, and we're using a lot of design thinking techniques mm. we'll go in and do a workshop and we'll say Let's try to understand um, your, you know, your, your key business challenges and, and we will challenge those business challenges because uh, quite often somebody comes to us, hey, I need a new website. Go, Is that really what you want? You know, why are okay. we doing this? Right? Yeah, yeah. And so we'll go through this process in a very structured way but in a very fast way as well mm. to help them to kind of frame what the real underlying problem is. Right? And, and what we should be tackling. How, how did you build this, this kind of like protocol or, or initial uh, yeah, so exploration with yeah. the client? So, so this is a, it's a technique that's been used by um, many of the leading companies in the world, right? So mm. as like Google and Sony and Samsung and all of these folks are using this particular approach, right? And it was, I think it was originally devised um, at Stanford University. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were... SAP, who were one of our, our major clients previously, they were big supporters of this, right? massive advocates, right, of, of the whole kind of design thinking space, which was, it's an approach to go in initially and go, you know, let's, let's empathize. Let's really understand who our real users are. Mm-hmm. Um, let's understand what their frustrations are, who they are, what they do, um, and then try to map out you know, what are the what are the jobs that they're trying to do and where are the where are the choke points right you know where are the problems that you know like this where 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 could they have frustrations but also others where they go you know here's an opportunity for us to uplift what we're doing right to make it even better so mm-hmm. 
it's not always around making sure that we're just addressing frustration. Sometimes it's about delighting customers as well, right? By, by, yeah, by really surprising important. them. It's really important, right? Because mm. often that's the time they start talking about it and go, oh my God, this company did this for me, right? But when a client comes to you, are they clear about what they really want or probably how to solve their problem and are just engaging you to provide the service? So, some clients do. You know, some clients are very, very switched on and know exactly what they want to do. Um, others are, you know, are coming to us because, you know, they want that input, right? So, you know, recently we worked with um, a global HR organization who, you know, is a 30-year-old business, very entrepreneurial, um, has, is doing amazingly well. However, they felt that they needed to look at the way that they were going to market and where, where were they, the way they were positioning themselves mm-hmm. because over the past, you know, probably about five or 10 years, they've invested very heavily in technology. And what they wanted to do is to say, hey, listen, we're not just a recruitment and outsourcing business. We're also a technology company, right? And for them, that was important because they, they had these new startups who were coming along who were digital native, digital first, and um, were making a lot of noise in the market, uh-huh. right? I'm not sure how much revenue they were making, but you know they were making a lot of noise in the market. What did they want from you? They wanted so we we did again. We ran through this this design thinking process to say let's look at number one. Um, how do we reframe what you do as a business? Number two, how do we make sure that we can actually bring that to life, right? So it was going through an exercise of brand positioning. It was then looking at. The, you know, the look and feel of their, their website. Um, and then finally looking at it and going, let's, let's change this. So it's less about us talking about ourselves and more about enabling buyers mm. to buy, right? And that, that was kind of a, you know, an interesting shift that we went through. But you know, this was done quickly. This is something that we, would, we try to do where we were saying, um, you know, let's use this design sprint type method. So there's this thing called design sprints, which was popularized, popularized by, um, by Google. Um, and it's, it's taking, you know, identifying a, a problem mm-hmm. and then going through a set of exercises to come up with solutions okay. and then testing them, right? And then making sure that you, I mean, once those are tested, then you can take them out to market. So it's, it's a very iterative process, um, very collaborative. And what's beautiful about it is that you know you get key stakeholders in a room, they all input, and then you know because they've been involved in the decision making process, you've kind of got buy in from day one. You don't have to go and sell it to everybody, yeah. right? And so it just becomes more efficient. But also, what you're doing is, you know, you you know as as outsiders, we can come in and say, why why are you doing it this way? You know, because it's always been done this. We tried this, but it didn't work. So why didn't it work, right? Yeah. And this whole process of there's this, you know, this technique called the five whys. You just keep going, why, 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 why? And if people keep justifying it until the fifth, then you're okay. <laughs> but quite often... But do, they, do you get resistance? Um, yeah, there is, there, is, there is a lot of... You know, you tell people we're going to do a design workshop and a sales guy comes in, he'll go, hey, I'm not, I'm not creative, right? I'm not a designer. <laughs> yeah. So I'm what, a numbers guy. I'm a numbers guy, right? Or I'm a sales guy, I'm a people guy. I'm a people guy. 
But quite often, you know, salespeople we find are often the most creative because what they're trying to do is, again, you know, it's, it's creative thinking that we're thinking about, not necessarily we'll have to somebody who can draw pictures. We'll have the room now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you know, so you'll get resistance. There's always resistance. Any, any project that you do, there's always resistance. You know, you'll have resistance in terms of the process we're following. Um, and sometimes just the budget, right? You know, to go through and say, let's go through this exercise. Uh, yes. That will be a ch- big it challenge. Becomes it, becomes a challenge. A, it becomes a challenge, right? So this is, again, what we try to break it down into smaller chunks and go, do this, and if you like it, then move on to the next phase, and then the next phase, and then the next phase. Instead of saying, you know, you need to sign a check for $30 million, and we'll fix this for you. Right? Okay, we'll need to take another break. Sure. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the business value of good customer experience. Is it measurable? How do you measure it? How do you keep track of, of what's happening? And then finally, of course, this is very exciting for me, a case study, because you work with a digital banking, on a digital banking platform, transforming it, and then let's, let's see how you did it. We'll be right back. This podcast series is a collaboration between Portfolio and Young Presidents Organization, or YPO, a global leadership community of chief executives, which counts more than 30,000 members from 142 countries. For over 70 years, YPO built a trusted community where chief executives connect to solve both personal and professional problems together. The world needs better leaders. Become one at YPO. And we're back with Kenny Power, uh, co-founder and chief executive of digital design agency Rebel Owl. Just a while ago, Kenny and I were talking about um, bringing value, business value, through good customer experience. This is very interesting. Um, can we go to a definition of terms first? How do we define good experience? And then, of course, how do we measure business value? Yes, so I think a lot of, this, a lot of the studies that have been done in this space, um, there's like four key elements that, that come through in terms of you know, exceptional um, digital customer experiences. And these are speed, which is number one, you know, people yes. want things to be done yes. quickly. Um, convenience, so doing things when I want to do them. You know, mm-hmm. I'm the customer and I'm in control, right? So I yeah. want to be able to do things in my way. So it can be handheld on the go. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's also this thing around, you know, you're providing me knowledgeable help, right? You know, yeah. that's, that's useful. Yeah. Um, and you know the, the fourth piece is really around you know, it's got to feel human, right? So what, one of the things that a lot of tech companies try to do is to say, hey, we'll, we'll do self-service and it'll be fine, right? Um, there's a lot of, I think you know, many people still want that human touch, right? You know, when we, right. when we saw call centers go to those automated things, yeah. it drove people nuts. Press one yeah. for this and yeah. this and this. It takes you 20 minutes to get through to somebody. Yeah. It's just annoying, right? So yeah, I think that, Having that human touch makes a huge difference, right? So, um, you know, when we when we think about this and start to go, you know, what do customers really want, right? You know, the first thing is they want to feel appreciated and valued, right? Mm. So, when we're designing something, we need to make sure that that's 
front and center of what we're doing. Okay. Right? Do, do we have examples of how this is? Uh, so, so you know, it can be as simple. Yeah, it can be simple as you know, just recognition, right? Okay. And, and being useful. You know, the, um, you know, the, I think the most powerful version of this is things like, um, you know, your, your loyalty cards, but bringing those to life, right? So when you're you know, your Chris Flyer status and it's saying, right, you know, I'm recognizing you and I'm, I'm talking to you, you know. Yeah, as an individual. As an individual. It's unique. Absolutely, uh, right. So I think there's that first piece which is just saying, right, you know, you're, you're a customer with us. You've spent a lot of money with us. So I'm, so I'm, gonna, I'm, going, to, I'm going to acknowledge you. Yeah. And I'm going to show you, that, you know, that I value you, right. So um, everybody wants that to happen, right. Mm. Um, the other thing is that, and again, this is a little bit controversial in terms of they don't really care what technology you're using. They don't care if you're using, you know, Adobe or Microsoft or Salesforce uh-huh. or any one of them. They, all they care is that it works, right? That's right. And um, and, and quite often, you know, when, even when we're looking at things like AI and, you know, these evolving technologies like that, um, you know, my, my, my own perspective is that you don't want to creep people out. You know, there's there's concerns around this. You know That's about right. privacy, privacy. And, th- and and things like that. But again, you know, as to provide better service, we need better data, right? Um, and it's how that's being applied, which is going to be important. So what you don't want to do is to say, hey, you know, last week I saw that you were driving past this coffee shop and you went there <laughs> and blah 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 blah. You know, that's going to freak yeah. people out. But if you went in and said, um, you know, how I could improve, you know, your fitness levels or your you know, nutrition or mm. um, you know, your usage of a particular tool. Instead right? of saying that granola bar isn't going to help you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, and, and, you know, one of the other things I think people like is, you know, this is, they want the, the thing they're interacting with, you know, whether it's um, a, a website, an app, or something in store or a bank branch, you know, they want it to look elegant. They want it to yes, be user-friendly, right? And the power of making something look nice, you know, look uh-huh. um, and make it, you know, function smoothly is quite powerful, right? Um, but ultimately, you know, it does come back down to this thing of speed, convenience, efficiency, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, what will happen sometimes is we'll, we'll go too far on the let's make this look pretty or too far on the let's just um, you know overload people with information right mm-hmm. so I think there's this that, you know that it's trying to find that sweet spot of saying we need something to look really That's nice right. but we also need it to be helpful right and yeah. to custom- deliver the goods deliver the goods right and I think that, you know customers are often completely overloaded with the amount of information that they're getting there's so many options when you want to go and buy something you know for a single product there may be a thousand different options for you mm-hmm. right so how do you go through and make the right decision. You know, this is you know, there's always that buyer's remorse that comes in, right? There's always this, um, you know, am I am I making the right decision? But if you can help people to guide them through that process, I think that makes a massive difference, right? So, from a customer experience point of view, it's not that complicated, right? When you think about it, it's it, it comes down to speed, convenience, yeah. and this. It's almost intuitive right? and, and it's, very it's, sensible. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But it does take a bit of work to get there, right? Mm. Because to do that, we have to understand the customer. We understand and who they are as an individual, yeah. right? And that requires some research, right? That requires um, looking at what they actually do, right? So you know, quite often there's a disconnect between research and 
actual behavior. Mm. And when I get a survey, I'm never going to say, hey, I'm lazy. I don't like to do this, blah, 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 blah. But online, you know, I can see how people are actually behaving, you know, what path they're taking through, mm. how they're interacting, how often they come back in, blah, blah, blah. That's right. So taking those pieces together, I think, makes a big difference as well. Now, you have to tell me something about invasiveness. I mean, you brought up something like, you know, some people are fearful that whatever they share will be used in a way that's not what they imagined it would be used for. Yeah. Um, look, it's a very tricky area. I think that, you know, as, as you mentioned, you, you're going to need some of this data. You are going to need some. I think it depends. It depends how you're going to use it. And I think it's the, it's the application of that data, right? So, you know, a few years ago, you know, we had this um, controversy, you know, with Facebook and, you know, how, how their data was being manipulated. Mm. Um, and targeting was being used to, to look at, you know, specific communities and how you're going to change that, right? So you know, what they were doing was very, very clever. But the application of it was very dangerous, right? And I think there's this ethics side of it which starts yeah. to come in. It becomes an ethical question. It's an ethical you, question. I, I totally believe it's an ethical that. question. Um, because, you know, unfortunately, you know, we've all got a massive digital footprint, right? And, and yeah. companies are using that footprint. But I think there's an ethical side to it yeah. rather than a, you know, a business side to it, which is really looking, you know, uh, or an invasive side to it, which is, you know, how you know, are you using this thing in the right way? I mean, the problem at the moment is not being policed, right? It, it, yeah. You know, there's people try to put in legislation and there blah, 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 blah. are some yeah some regulations some legislation <laughs> that puts that into effect but uh, yeah yeah it, it's but it's tricky right and I think this is it's one of those things that I don't have the answer to but what we try to do is to say again how can we use this data to make things better um, but not manipulating people you know let's not use this in in an evil way mm. you know and, and frankly yeah. most of our clients they're in financial services they're in um the more you know the b2b space um you know we do a lot of work with retailers and, and commerce and so it's not in their interest we don't you know there are certain categories we just don't work with mm. um you know we don't work with in the tobacco space we don't work with oil and gas um yeah. and so i think that makes a bit of a difference as well because you know the, the intentions of those companies is not to manipulate and yeah um cause misinformation mm. yeah. yeah but even as consumers i mean the, the the general public we are often unaware or even careless about leaving digital trail we just you know share overshare absolutely absolutely yeah, yeah. and that's scary <laughs> i mean i think there's this thing where <laughs> you look at it and go um yeah you have this amazing digital footprint you know organizations will quite often, when they're hiring somebody senior, now go through and say, let's analyze you know, your digital footprint, yeah. right? Let's see what yeah. you've been putting on all yeah. these different platforms. And unfortunately, and people aren't very smart ones. about this stuff, yeah. right? And the impact can be huge. You know, you oh, look absolutely. at you know, Kanye West and his issues at the moment, right? You know, where <laughs> he's gone from being you know, a multi-billionaire to potentially $400 million. And, right? you know, it's and within hours. Within hours. Within right? hours. Um, and that's obviously an extreme example, but you know you can imagine if I'm yeah. hiring a CFO, you know, I want to make sure that you know his values do align, right? And when I'm that's looking right. at and um, you know his, 
Which is fair. Yeah, because I mean, he's going to be representing my business, exactly. right? You know, so, you know, at a senior level, quite often, you know, that we do represent our brands, right? And uh, you know, we need, I think it's important to make sure that we are doing that due diligence. Mm. And unfortunately, people make it very easy to do that because they, they, do, they leave a lot of uh, stupid information online. <laughs> <laughs> now, do we have ways of measuring business value that's added by this experience and, and how reliable are the measuring, the, the mechanisms? So, so to me, it, it's, it's quite simple, really. You know, when, when we break it down and go, you know, um, and this is provided by um, the Google Analytics site platforms of the world and, you know, all the other measurement tools of the world, you know, you'll go in and say, are people able to complete the job? Right? So what we can do is we can track as you, as you come into a site mm. how many people are bouncing out. Right? Okay. If they're going through a booking process, you know, are they finishing it? Um, and, a, and a lot of this is really down to customer experience, I think. Right? Or if they're trying to learn about something, you know, it's, there's a bunch of data that you can use to measure that. And I think mm. this, it, this is when we, when we look at it, and again, it's, it's trying to break it down into these different components. Um, you know, how quickly is a web page served? You know, how um, efficiently are people completing tasks? So what we'll do is we'll put measurement and tracking around that, which it's not invasive. It's just making sure that we can, you know, <laughs> people, but also testing that sometimes as well, right? To say, what if we, you know, reduce this from two to three steps, right? Yeah. Or increase it from two to three steps. You know, what would happen? Yeah. What's the impact of that, right? Um, so again, we're not overwhelming. You know, will that have an impact on people completing a task? Yeah. So I think that's the, really the way that often customer experience things are tracked and measured. Yeah, and measured. Yeah, especially online, you can do that. Right? Yeah. You know, by, by just following you know, the completion mm. of these individual use cases, as we call them. But are they equal to, I mean, can we, can we really be certain that this is equal to a satisfied customer? Because what I'm trying to get at is, how do we not lose the person in this whole, you know, thicket of uh, data or figures because some 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 people are inclined now to go for the numbers how many lines how many likes how how long is the engagement etc cetera, etc cetera. and they seem to have lost that this is a human yeah a, a person who's trying to you, you're trying to engage it's very difficult to do um, to be completely honest very difficult to do in terms of you know you can do surveys Right? You can go out to do surveys and say, you know, would you recommend us to somebody else? Which is normally the way that, they, you know, do you have a net promoter score to help you to, to drive this thing forward? But I think the surveys, again, as I mentioned earlier on, are not necessarily going to reflect behavior. Mm. Um, and I think also just tracking positive and negative comments. You know, these, are pro these people are normally on the extremes, mm. right? So it won't necessarily represent your entire audience. But obviously, over time, what you want to do is you know, reduce those down. You, know, you want to have lots and lots of people in love with your product mm. or service or company, um, you know, like, like Apple does. Right? You know, it's, a, it's an easy example, but they can do no wrong. Yeah. Right? Net result. Yeah. It's, it's very clear. It's absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's really you know, a measure of great customer experience is people keep buying your product. Mm. Right? Um, and you, you're increasing things in that way. But it's a very, very difficult space to measure. Yeah. And, and despite the, this difficulty, these challenges, yeah. you were still able to deliver 
we're going now into the case study, yep. digital banking platform transformation. Uh, quickly, what was the client brief? Why did they come to you and what did they wish to accomplish? Right. Yes, yeah, so, so a lot of organizations now um, have set up their own internal innovation customer experience teams. Mm-hmm. These guys are exceptional. You know, quite often, you know, the teams have been put together you know, within a lot of organizations in Singapore playing that role are just very, very good at what they do. However, they're constantly in meetings, right? So they, they can run workshops, they can understand what needs to be done, they can provide the direction, um, but they have very little time to execute. So what mm. we did with this particular bank is, I mean, we've been working with them for about four years now, is that they will have lots of different initiatives, right, to improve different parts yeah. of the, the whole experience. And what way we work with them is that um, we'll meet them twice a week, right? In one meeting, we'll sit there and go, okay, what do we need to do, right? And they'll tell us, we need to improve the login process, right? So they'll, they'll draw up and say, this is what it is at the moment. Mm-hmm. We'll come in and challenge that. And there'll be a conversation in the room about you know, what we could do and what the implications might be, what would be a good outcome, what would be a bad outcome. Um, our team will then go away mock it up they will design this thing as a prototype and then uh, we'll present it back two days later right and so through this you know this this very intense yeah iterative process right because we all go back sometimes and and say, oh, you need very this. dynamic it's I mean, very it's dynamic it's very dynamic very energetic kind of engagement it's super exciting as well right and so when you're in it it's you know you're you're having to understand again constantly mm. um you know, what the customer impact is but it's, so it's right. deep collaboration with the client um, who knows the business better than we do, right? You know, they know the products better than us. They know how to use them, what the impact of them is. But there's also a big predictive uh, Abs- element. Absolutely. So in this, you know, so with, 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 the, with the bank that we're working with, you know, what they were doing was that their challenge was that there's, a, there's another bank in Singapore. Um, it's got DBS in its, in its name. Mm-hmm. And they've done an amazing job of revamping the whole kind of digital banking um, world, I think, right? The, the, the PR around it's been amazing. They've won lots of awards. Um, they've really led mm. um, this whole space. And what that's meant is that all of the other banks in Singapore have to catch up. And quite often, it's, you know, perception is they're behind, but the reality is actually they're doing a really good job, right? So what's different. Just different. And, and also maybe not publicizing it enough. Right? Okay. Yeah. So what you know, the, our client did was you know, they were saying, number one, we need to improve, improve speed. You know, that first thing yeah. I talked about, right? So they invested very, very heavily in making sure that all of the old legacy systems they had were being upgraded and um, bringing in partners to say, right, when we're doing this, you know, we, we, need, we need speed, right? Yeah. We need speed. Yeah. We need accurate data. <clears throat> And we need you to be able to deliver that. So what we were doing was working in, part, working in partnership with those guys to um, build out the customer experience, right? You know, building out those individual flows. And so what you would look at is go, okay, you know, we've got a customer who wants to come in and check their balance, right? Um. What's, what's that flow going to look like and how do we improve it? You know, what data do we present to make it so that um, you know, they get everything they need and, and maybe a little bit more, right? So step by step, function by function, screen by screen, um, we went through this, this entire process with them 
Sounds um, massive. Massive. Thousands of screens. Yeah. And all done within about six months. Right? So the speed of this thing, and it wasn't a massive team on our side, it wasn't a massive team on their side. You know, normally we were interacting with two or three people on their side. There were maybe, yeah, two. How many people on your side did you assign uh, so not, this not, project? Yeah, so it, it would be seven or eight people working on it, right, any particular point of time. Um, but there were one or two people who were always meeting the clients, you know, there's yeah. twice a week meetings. Um, and then they would have to share it with so the I'll designers and the developers, that. right, and to make sure that this thing could work. And you know, our end result was, you know, we were able to transform the private bank that they had, the trading platforms that they had. We worked with the retail side of the business, and uh, currently are working at, on looking at how we can totally transform the the in branch experience. Right. So lots of fun stuff. Right. Mm. So for, for the for the team, it's you know it's it's a challenge because they've got to learn about these investment products and data. You know, all the, all the financial terms, but they're also challenging that. Say, well, why why are you positioning it this way? Right? You know, is there a simpler way of of communicating this out to customers? Because, yeah, there may be people who are experts and they want information in a particular yeah. way. And then you've got, yeah, like there's a lot of the older generation, right, who um, who aren't so savvy Different on these levels platforms. Of understanding and, absolutely, and, and therefore engagement. and needs as well, yeah. right? And needs. And we've got to deliver on both, right? So we're looking at it and going. Um, a lot of the time, you go in and say. If we're delivering for 80% of the needs, mm. we're in a good space, right? There's Across always going to the be those outliers. Yeah. There's always going to be outliers, and we're aware of them, um, but we can't design for that 20%, right, all the yeah. time because that's going to impact the overall business, yeah. right? So it's really making some of those, um, you know, those uh, you, you, we've got to make those decisions, right, to so, say, you know, what, what's going to be the most important thing that we need to, to surface and build as well. Yeah, so it, a fun project. Really, really enjoyed it, and we're still working with these guys. But it's it's also the, you know how the the nature of how we do these projects has changed as well. But right? but the work you're doing for them is it more of like maintenance and updates, or are you now covering different grounds? Um, we're not, we're not doing maintenance and updates. So often what we do is we'll do the we'll do the design work, mm -hmm. and in there we'll cre create certain components right so you know and those can be reused again and again and again so when they're doing the maintenance and updates they can just use those individual components okay. we've designed yeah, right yeah. so it becomes almost you almost template it that's right? that template already um so you're making it much more efficient right so you know we don't have to go through and progressively more efficient absolutely wow absolutely wow. but what are they you know but what this company does is they're constantly looking at yeah. how to innovate how to improve yeah. how to optimize and um you know, once they come up with those, they'll come to us and go, hey, listen, we're working on this initiative and we'll come in and you know, yeah. figure out how we can do that, right? So it's, it's very, very different to the kind of work we used to do before where you used to get a brief, we'd go away, figure it out, come back after a week or two and say, hey, this is what we think we should do and they'll say, nah. Um, in this one, <laughs> um, what we're doing is we're going in and saying, let's do this together and we just accelerate the whole process. Really collaborative. Really venture. collaborative. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Interesting. Mm. Well, thank you very much, Kenny. It's been a delightful hour uh, talking to you about uh, this topic. And uh, one last thing, though, delivering delight. That, to me, is, is a very important aspect of what you do because the humanity, for me, is really captured in, in that 
instance of uh, delight, of, of experiencing delight through an engagement with something that's tech-driven, something that's designed. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so, so I think it's, it's, again, coming back to this thing around trying to identify the moments that matter, right? So the moments that matter for, you know, for, for an individual and then saying, how can we deliver something that meets their expectations at least? But ideally, you know, putting something in which... More, more an extra. An extra, yeah. right? Being helpful, right? And again, being helpful, being friendly. You know, there's a, there's a great company called Slack, right? One of the things that they've done is that when you interact with their platform, it's, it's all very, it's so friendly. It's like, mm. hey, how you doing? Are you having a good day? You know, yeah. that sort of stuff, right? Which when you first interact with it, it feels a bit hokey, but after a while, it's yeah. kind of nice. You, know? you realize that you're acknowledged. Absolutely, as, absolutely. As but also trying to build that human friendly element into things as mm. well, right? Um, and it doesn't need to be, you know, surprise and delight all the time. You know, as I say, you, you mentioned earlier on, when somebody has a, a great customer experience, quite often they don't even acknowledge it. They won't even yeah, talk about yeah, it, right? Yeah. It's, it's expected. When they have a bad one, they'll tell everybody. And quite often, you know, the, the numbers are fascinating. There's something like 30 or 40% of people who wants to have a bad experience will never use your brand again. Interesting. It's fascinating. It's really, really fascinating, right? Which means that we've got no chance to get yeah. things wrong. We have to look yeah, at it yeah. and go, you know, how do, and if when it does happen, having that ability to, to really quickly pivot quickly, yeah. and, and apply Address it, right? it and, uh, yeah. yeah. And it's, um, I think, that, yeah, this is, this is why I think the whole customer experience space is so interesting because it, um, you know, it, t- it totally transforms. You know, you, when's the last time you, you know, you bought anything because of an advert, right? You know, it, it used to be we see a TV ad. Yeah. It influences to go and buy something, we buy something. Yeah. You identify with a model right. and you realize that's what I need. Right. But now it's what you read in, in the press, right? It's what you read, what your friends are saying, right, which are much more important. Yeah. And those you can only deliver... If, you're, if you've got a great customer experience. Okay, thank you very much. That was, of course, Kenny Power. We were talking about designing better customer experiences. Thank you very much, Kenny. Thank you, that was a pleasure. This has been the Portfolio Podcast presented by YPO, Young President's Organization. Join our community of more than 30,000 leaders And don't miss out on the life-changing experience of YPO membership. To learn more, visit ypo.org.